Action Park Media. Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon, a Kevin Dillon official. Victory! <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's... Uh, Irish crickets. I like that you got the strength to open up that beer. Kevin's oh, coming man, back I, from COVID. I'm lucky I didn't rip the whole beer in half. I've got so much strength. Some people are wondering, you know, because I'm up to... Look, I'm up to 130 a day push-ups. Really? What week is that? Doug. This is week uh, five, day uh, one. two, okay, uh, maybe day one, because I've been doing them every day as opposed to every other day. And then if I if I don't get past my reps, I, I get past. But Dylan, four weeks, you'll do 60. But Dylan says he can do 60. We talked about it. He was ready to go to the other day, and then his girl was waiting outside, <laughs> so he busted out. But today he's got an injury. What's going on? I got like a little tennis elbow in my left uh, left arm here. All right. You know, 60, I haven't done a push-up in a million years. 60 might be a little, a little much, a but I'll get 50. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen. I'm, I'm, I'll get 50 right now. Even with the, with the pain? I think I could. Really? Again, All right. Once again, I would prefer to do that after the episode. But what do I get out of this deal? Uh, I'm I want you something. I a want nice money. bottle of wine. You want really? money? Like cash you're going to take from me? <laughs> no, I, I'll no, give no, you no. cash. No, 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 no. That sounds good. Bottle of wine's good. But if I you hate want to cash. see you. I'd hate to see it, bro. I really would. <laughs> to see me not do yeah, 50? Yeah. I know. It, that's the problem. Is like That's why I want something. Out. I would I'm hate gonna... to see it. By the way, KD, this is what I'm saying. Again, everybody knows I'm getting all these DMs about the app. If you do it for four weeks, obviously you'll right, get Let's there. say 50, all right? And we'll do it right after this episode. Okay, but I don't think after COVID you're going to be able to do it. And with the I pain. Know. It does weaken you. I mean, so. you got COVID and tennis elbow, and you think you're just going to drop down and do 50? I think it's aggressive, and I'd hate to see you fail. Doug, I have a quick question for yes. you. This, this barn rocker. New York Islander beer, once again, not a plug. It was in the refrigerator. Yeah. I know this is your P.O. box, but what is this beer? Uh, well, a couple guys? of things. It's beautiful Islander beer. And again, just so Connolly understands, I don't tell people, hey, here's my address. Action Park Media is listed, so people send stuff here, which it's is like nice. It's like your home, Doug. It's your home. They send it here. I don't, and you're, Connolly steals half the shit that comes. <laughs> I mean, Malia Rose sent some beautiful uh, spritz or it's great mist. Oh, I didn't get a mist. Connolly steals it all. We don't see nice, any of it. Kevin, Dylan, nice, you're not nice, a mister. Nice. I, I use products Dude, on my I, face. I mean, how do you think I look this good? <laughs> you're, you're no mister. We got some chubbies <laughs> coming that's what they're called. Chubby. I got a chubby right now. Chubby. Chubby. They're like great shorts or something. I don't know. I'm waiting for them. Um, some guys sent some Chubbies. like a beautiful Islander blanket that Connolly confiscated. I mean, oh, okay, so. wait, but wait a second. Does what do you mean Islander beer? That's just weird. I, it, it, it says Barn Rocker. Now that's the Nassau Coliseum. by the Islanders, maybe? It's a season ale. No, I think it's probably a local Long Island thing. We'll, we'll, hmm. we'll give him the shout out, but it's pretty good beer. It's got an Islander logo on it, though, which is good. And Dylan right. is a Ranger fan, which is not good. You're not so. allowed to drink this. No, beer. I mean, the Rangers are just... They're terrible this year. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hockey left. Islanders <laughs> are struggling for the moment right now also, but we'll get it back on track. Anyway, some sad news to report from the world, and it'll be old by the time we're here. And Connolly probably knows his name, so I'm not insulting him, but Screech died from Saved by the Bell this morning. So. Dustin Diamond oh, passed wow. away at cancer wow. this morning. Yeah. So, wow. Terrible. Yeah. Now, wasn't he having some criminal problems too or something? I think he had a, a tough time post Saved by the Bell, you know, and Screech and... Right. I think he handled it too well, and I think he, you know, he had he definitely had some problems, but problems or not, man, he's a fucking young guy, man. He's, yeah, well, he died uh, of cancer, so I, but I, I don't know about some of the other problems, but hopefully, KD, you're not having any 
post-entourage problems, but I know you're playing Jack Warner in the Reagan movie, so you're probably okay. But what I was referring to, I didn't mean that because of post-entourage stress you would get cancer. I meant maybe depression or something like that, but I think you're doing... Fine. Yeah, I'm no, you're right. depressed. I'm doing right. That's you. No, I'm not depressed. I'm doing great. I had a great day today. You know, I'd be I'd be less depressed if we did a reboot. Come on, Doug, get on it, brother. I got to tell you, the reboot's out. I don't know. I had a great day this morning, and uh, all of you, I, I want to thank you because we're all part of it. But uh, Wheels Up went public today. Uh, that is my my friend from childhood's company that he started. That he got us all our planes for Entourage. Did it for my uh, show Forty that HBO fucked me on. But uh, um, the planes, I know Connolly doesn't like when I say anything bad about HBO because he likes his HBO Max subscription. You're paying for it, Kevin. They don't even give you a fucking free subscription or me. <laughs> no, but we want the reboot, Doug. So I don't go care. easy. Well, I don't well care. a couple things I'd like to say. Doug, congratulations on that going public. Secondly, you think you'd be in a good mood instead of coming in here and yelling I at I was everybody. in a good mood. I didn't you, yell at anybody. Narrowed? Where are you, Narrowed? Put it on the camera. You've been it. dropping F-bombs all day. And not day. only that, I believe, I believe you threatened me with physical violence. We could always go back. I did Ooh. threaten you with physical violence. Well, he's got those pecs 75 now, so. fucking push-ups. I'm fucking ready to fucking <laughs> go. Exact words where so, I'm dead serious. I will fucking punch this guy in the face. What, I, what happens over at Action Park Media? I love it. I love it. I like a pregame warm-up. I like to discuss what's going to happen. I like to give some ideas. And I was shut down in a very rude way, in my opinion. So you take I, it rude. It wasn't. It wasn't rude, bro. It ain't personal. Stop right. taking everything so personal. I'll try not to take it personal. Don't get mad at this, Doug. But you're right. HBO Max is fucking awesome. Dylan, do you do you have HBO Max? I don't. No. Do you have HBO? Yes. Do you okay. have a TV? Okay. Yes. Do you have a Do you have a smart TV? Yes. So Doug, he has it, right? <laughs> Quite a few. Wait. By the way, I it's swear a, to you. Wait. Hold I on. Might have it. There I might no have it. Way, I don't know. There is no way Kevin Dillon official knows what a smart TV is. Of course I do. You do? Because <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just being defensive. Like, yeah, I got a smart TV. It's smarter than yours, motherfucker. <laughs> I got the smartest TV in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I got a smart TV. Something where you go get like, Amazon smart TV. Prime. Well said. Well said. Amazon, you got, all yeah, that yeah. stuff. You yeah, got yeah. the icons on the, yeah, on the thing. I got all the icons. So if you yeah. have, Doug, how does this work? If you have regular HBO, just regular HBO, you automatically get HBO Max because I have 27 yes. HBO. So I yeah. only need one. If you pay for your direct TV HBO Max, then you can get your subscription for free HBO Max oh, really? on, on your phone or your uh, Apple TV. I watch TV. documentaries. Me I too. expand my mind. I, I do as well. Well, I'll tell you what they did. And I, I know a bunch of people were probably Probably not thrilled with this, but I guess, is it Warner Brothers, Doug? The entire 2021 Warner Brothers slate is on HBO Max as it would theoretically be released in theaters. So Friday night, I'm watching the Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, and Jared Leto movie that you would have had to go see at the Grove. And instead, opening night, wow. it's on HBO It's Max. a wild world. And the filmmakers wow. are pretty pissed, obviously. They are. Mm -hmm. They wanted their movies out in the theater. Me, I wish Entourage was on HBO Max, the movie, as opposed to in the theaters. We would have been more successful, but what are you going to do? Well, HBO yeah, Max no wasn't around. No doubt. It nope. wasn't around. Buddy Games is killing it, and it's done really well. They're, they're talking about doing another one. Oh. Yeah. Buddy Games sequel? Yes. What the fuck, yes. Well, KD. Nick Schwartzen's writing it right now. Well, KD. What I think fuck? I did pretty good on your deal over here at Action Park Media. If you, you want me to help, handle the sure. sequel. You guys help. No, but I mean, if you want me to handle your deal with the sequel, you want me to call fucking... Uh, Jamel? Yeah, Josh you going to call, call Josh? Hell yeah. Tell him you got to pay. I thought you going to help us write it. I was like, yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> well, then someone's got to pay me, but after my yeah. wheels up day, I'm not writing anymore. I'm done. I'm oh, kidding. Also, oh, in reboot, reboot news, 
The Wonder Years is being rebooted, along really? with the 80s sitcom Kate and Alley. Do any of you guys remember that show? Yep. Jane Curtin, wasn't it? Who I loved from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And, um, Good sitcom. I, I mean, remaking it. I don't I don't understand that, but they're it's happening. Remaking yeah. every, I mean, if they're doing that, we got to do Entourage. They are remaking every single show on the air except Entourage. I mean, they're going to do the Larry Sanders show, HBO, if they can dig up Gary Shandling and get him back on set. Because it's ridiculous. Do they not like us? They do not like us. I don't know what else to tell you. They do not like us. There's nothing else to say. HBO does not like us. We couldn't be further from a reboot. I mean, we only had, I don't know, 40-something Emmys, but some asshole decided we were a little bit too un-PC. So, I don't know. I'd like to look at the nudity on Game of Thrones versus Entourage, scene by scene, and which had more nudity, okay? Or which had more. Oh, no doubt. Connolly doesn't want them to fucking pull well, the plug on his subscription. Let's talk nicely about them then, huh? You know what? You I guys like, love I'm just saying, as a, as a service, I like HBO Max. HBO's always done quality Right, but TV now they're shows. in bed with Warner Brothers. So they get the Warner Brothers I'm movies. Jack Warner. You are Jack Come on. All right, but they're here's in a, bed with me. Connolly, seems to, all, Connolly seems to have all the answers on <laughs> HBO Max. He'll probably get a reboot of fucking Unhappily Ever After. By the way, Max. that'll probably happen before the Entourage reboot. <laughs> and maybe they'll do a Kissing the Fool, too. <laughs> if they have all the Warner Brothers movies, why is the Entourage movie not on HBO Max, which 100 people keep asking me? Why wouldn't yeah. they have that on there? I don't have any answers. I just But think couldn't they, you find out? Or do you not want to know? You just hate them. I don't hate anybody. I just, they don't call me, so I'm not going to call them. Like, what am I going to say? Hey, guys, what's happening? Who, who is the president of HBO right now? I don't know. Doug Ellen. <laughs> All right, listen, there's uh, something else, Doug. I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll come out with it. I'll Uh-oh. come out with it. Uh-oh. So listen, uh, you know, I'm, it'd be interesting to hear what, what you guys think. But, you know, I, I, I wanted to surprise you guys with, uh, with Adrian this weekend. So I, so I, I text him and I said, Hey man, you know, come on, you know, we're having a good time, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, you know, we, we have to, we have to get the, the social media mob to bag off a of Grenier a little bit. Wait, like, but, but, but long story short is Connolly did not deliver Grenier. I thought he was going to say, I got him. Okay. Here he comes. Right. Look, he doesn't want to do it. Okay. And, and that's understandable. And, Why? and Why? Well, how is that understandable? I mean, it's understand, it's understandable in the sense that we're, you know, we're not him. And if he's in a place where he doesn't want to do, we just have to respect that. Uh, you know, I don't. I, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, <laughs> do you, what was this about having people back off on social media? Are they well, going I after think, him? I think, yeah. No, I think they're just sort of all up in his timeline and he's, he's into some, you know, serious stuff and he's posting serious stuff. And then there's things on there. Every other comment is about victory. And I just think it's making him slightly uh, uncomfortable as all. Well, let me just explain one thing, okay? Many years ago, every one of my friends used to say, hey, write me a line on Entourage. Use my name. So a friend of mine from high school, Chantel Luttenberg, asked me to write her a line. <laughs> so I wrote the line, and the line was Ari says, blackout. I haven't had a blackout since I ate two quaaludes and forgot I fucked Chantel Luttenberg, okay? The next day, <laughs> she called me up and said, I love it. That was hilarious. Four years, five years later, the internet actually comes into play, and all of a sudden, when she's trying to get a job, she goes in, they Google her name, and that's the first thing that comes up. So she tells me to get it off the internet, and I said, <laughs> I don't run the fucking internet. I can't control the internet. Call Al Gore. Yeah. Oh my God. So what I'll say to Adrian is, look, let's all plead with the internet. Don't bother Adrian. We understand why he doesn't want to be involved with something that he was made for 14 years with some of his best friends who love him. I understand it. So don't bother him. Has he listened 
to the I don't uh, vic- victory. I, I didn't ask. Look, it, the point the point is is that I, look, I'm not that way. If you called me and said, "Hey, jump on," I'd do it, right? But of course. but but that's <laughs> me and that's you, and he's making a choice to wanting to put this part of his life behind him. And and look, wh- whether you agree with it or not, I mean, he's entitled to that. He I doesn't disagree want to do with the podcast. It. I mean, Dylan's being yeah. real quiet, but I don't agree with it. No, I don't either. Thank you. <laughs> I don't either. Like, I, I mean, I'm not number one. A couple of things. Number I think one, he will come. Did he say he will eventually, or or <sighs> we would have to commit to volunteer work? <laughs> okay, I'm down with that. Okay, what? How much work? Yeah. What kind of work? And I'll go w- clean some beaches. Wait, I thought we were going to well, swim I, with the dolphins. I, well, listen, I already did I, that. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually acceptable. <laughs> I will yeah. commit to. Okay. Let's, I'm not, I'm not, listen, it's funny how we're coming to this fork in the road. I think that part of it is ridiculous. Oh, I, I do. It's like, listen, I said to him, we would make a donation. And he said, financial donations don't go uh, that far anymore. We need a, a, a commitment of service for him to come on the podcast. <laughs> well, I, I'm cool doing that. It's just, I mean, I would do it anyway. Do anyway. Point, what are you so. willing to commit to? Let's I'll talk. Do, uh, how many hours? I, I love what Adrian does. So how many hours? Me too. Hours. <laughs> Hours. You know, he was thinking 20 service. minutes, bro. I'll, I'll show up here. I'll show up there. I mean, By the way, this is like the podcast. Dylan's like, uh, I was kind of uh, told I show up whenever I want. I and all mean, of a sudden, I got to what schedule. you want me to do. I well, don't know. I don't want to commit to hours. <laughs> well, let's, 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 let's start with this. Would you commit to like a, a Saturday, like a full day? This is for you too, Doug. A full day beach cleanup. Like, hell yeah. Seven to two. Yes. I mean, that'll do some tree planting. I'll do yeah. anything. I would I, love co- this I would, of course, commit to that. I did think, because I'm a big animal guy, I did think it was like involving like playing with animals. You I look thought. like an animal right now <laughs> with that beard. But I was like, I will commit to a full Saturday. I was hoping I get to swim in a whale. I get to do something like that. But I'll You're pick- not allowed to swim at the whales. That's the whole point. They want you away from. All right. I'll commit life. to never <laughs> swimming with a whale again. How about that? Does that work? I don't know. It, to me, it feels like yeah, you're, you're, you're playing. If we don't do community service of your choice, like you won't do the podcast. Can I, mean, I give a summation up that really makes me laugh? Connolly comes out, which I liked. Connolly was like, listen, we got to respect it. We got to do this. We do. But then as soon as he was like, we got to make a commitment. Connolly's like, nobody's going to fucking strong on me into any commitment. <laughs> well, I mean, I, me- I, I hear what you're saying, Kevin. I hear what you're saying. He's saying, yeah. He's given us ultimatum. Do this ultimatum. Right. This like, so listen, you, you don't want to do the podcast. You want the respect of that. Okay. Um, I will always respect that. And I'll even take it a step further and say, I get it to tell me that like, if we can work out some kind of community <laughs> service, I do tons. First of all, tons. he's never asked us. He's asked me to do a couple things, uh, uh, you know, take video and that kind of thing. Uh, he asked everything. Anytime he asked me to do anything. And by the it. way, you guys know I've done a lot of charity. You guys, including Adrian, all showed up for me for the uh, Chrysalis Ball, which was helping homeless people regain their lives and yeah. stuff. It's a great charity. Yeah. I do a ton of charity. That being said, though, I am willing to commit. Okay, I mean, give me a number. Ten hours that's community. a lot. Let's not get crazy. That's a lot of hours. Is that Doug, too much? Let's just tell us what you want, hey, want to do. Doug, also, yeah, too. I don't want to commit to hours. Doug, also, too. And I know, you know, it's funny for a guy who, like, just, like, can't stop posting things on Instagram. You are pretty um, humble about the charity work that you do. And, and you do. I know that you do a lot of charity work. And I hate to say it. So do I. Just because you don't see it on Instagram doesn't mean that I don't pull my fair share of uh, helping people. Because I help a lot of but people. But, by the way, Connolly spent the first five, six weeks of this podcast, really bumping up Movember, which was great. And it's a great charity. And again, I can't do enough charity. You I, the, the mustache thing? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so, I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, I'll but, pat myself But anyway, that, that being said, I'm willing to personally commit to 10 hours of reasonable. I don't, I'm not going to do something It's got to be a double insane. episode. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a double episode. Yeah, double episode. <laughs> so we need you twice. And we got to get you to do 60 push-ups with Dylan also. <laughs> Hey, maybe we could raise some charity for that, huh? <laughs> There's zero shot after COVID that you could do 60 push-ups right now. That, yeah, I don't want. Well, I don't. I don't want to watch. We corrected it to 50. Yeah, I don't want to see you fail. Yeah. I I you can't do that either. I don't want to see you fail. Also, too, by the way, guys, um, we have no confidence in me. <laughs> hey, also, we got uh, Maddie Stew in the studio today. 35th birthday. He Maddie. wanted to spend his 35th birthday here with us, taping the Victory Podcast. Maddie Stew in the house. Wow, that's a COVID birthday right there. That huh? wasn't Maddie Stew when I walked in, obviously, right? I mean, who I didn't yeah, say. Yeah, he was. slipped in the back door, but he's decked out and head to toe victory. So, anyway, here. for those of you who don't know who Maddie Stew is, Maddie Stew is super fan Maddie Stew who's gotten a lot of hate. He's probably gotten more hate than Adrian really? on Instagram. He answered a question wrong. Well, he wrong. tanked the trivia question. Yeah, he did badly on a trivia question. A lot of fans said they, they were tough the ones. Show. Yeah. They and stop tough. calling him a super fan. He's just a regular fan. You know what I mean? Just a regular fan. Super fan's got a weird. What, he's not a super fan. He's a fan. No, I want a super fan. <laughs> I wouldn't have let him in the studio if I knew he wasn't I a super I fan. I only like to let super fans <laughs> And in it's here. like something about it like is like super patronizing when Doug says it. I don't know. Hey, like Whenever they call you super anything, it's good. <laughs> Wait, i just like to say, let Maddie Stu talk for a second. Maddie Stu's been to my house. There's nothing patronizing about anything I do with Maddie Stu. That's ridiculous. I, I think I helped Maddie Stu in the first place. I was the first one to respond to him. That's not true. I, Maddie? Maddie Stu and I have always had a dialogue. Extremely supportive to me. Uh, Doug, it was great coming here. Place cons, you've been amazing with me. I've been, well, I have been amazing, great, Maddie. You know? Maddie, <laughs> I'm Maddie, just happy sim- to be here celebrating my 35th birthday with you guys. Thank you. Happy you know, birthday, awesome. Maddie. But I have a simple trivia question for you don't fuck around. Who's been the best to you, me, Connolly, or Dylan? You, you know, Doug, you were the first to really get me going. That's all we needed to hear. And, okay, and let's you, you're a you big DM guy. Uh, you ignited something inside me. You really did. So if, right, if it wasn't for you, I don't think I'd be here next to Conley, but you guys have all been really And great. you know what? It's your walking motivation there. You're it's really, a good transition. It's so inspiring, Doug. It's a good transition to actually talk about because Maddie Stu, who's been helping and is at the front lines of helping out the COVID stuff, he's also a writer. And, and he talked. Now to, a fire burns within him for you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what he talked about? Writing. And I, I can tell you, Maddie. Maddie, 30 years of writing. I'm almost 53 years old. I got a new show that I'm working on. And let me tell you, I did the whole weekend this weekend as a writer often does procrastinating, wasting my fucking day away. And I sat in my office legitimately. I did my pushups also, but I was in there for 20 hours this weekend and did not do a fucking thing. And let me tell you what happens. So all writers who know this out there, it's a grind, and again, I've said before, I don't believe in writer's block. you got to just sit down in the chair and start typing. Sometimes you don't even do that, and there's no excuses. There's nobody to blame, and a lot of people will say to me, well, maybe that's your process. It's a horrible process because what mm-hmm. it does is it makes you angry, makes you mad at your girlfriend. Yeah, it does make you angry. Even, <laughs> you even though she did nothing. The businessman in the he booth. He threatened me with violence before we even started the show. When you write nowadays... Because I see, you know, Zulai, my, my, my girlfriend, when, the, when COVID hit, she went back to college, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, great that it's online, but, man, they, it's the same thing. You know, they don't just hand this out. She's, 
she's killing herself to finish her degree. But I see her and she's slaving away at the computer, but the phone is there, right? And I'm not saying, I mean, she gets it done. She passes all of her, all of her stuff. You're judging Zulai. No, I'm saying, does it slow it down? You know, before, Doug, when, you know, when you were writing Entourage, however many years ago, it wasn't as easy just just kind of grab the phone and there's so much to do. Do you feel like your phone has been a bit of a distraction there writing is, these days? There is no one on earth who is going to tell me that not having their phone and the internet and a TV right. in the room is a good idea for school, which I talk mm-hmm. to my kids about. I'll talk to Zulai next about it. And for writing, it's a terrible Terrible right because the minute you yeah. hit like a bump or you you're you, there's something you lose train of thought you jump on Instagram you yeah, you, yeah. you answer a text you make a call you right? know the greatest example I ever saw of, of real like funny writing was on Seinfeld when Jerry and George are writing a pilot and Kramer who always just barges in barges in he's like oh you got I didn't know you guys were working and they're like no come in come in. <laughs> When you're writing, just thinking about him, the way he would enter a room, he yeah. always had that. He would stumble into the room. Yeah, it was awesome. But when you're writing, unless you're Stephen King and Aaron Sorkin, you're desperate to get the fuck out of there. It really is. I I mean this sincerely. It is a terribly painful process for most of us. And when you finish the script, it's you feel great satisfaction and that's why it's so terrible when people don't like your words because you do put so much time mm-hmm. into it. And even when you're not writing, you put so much time into why aren't I writing? Don't get distracted. Don't do this. So it is a, it's a debilitating thing, but to all writers out there, I say, and to Zulai, to all students, my children involved, focus. Well, this brings me to my next question. Do you feel, obviously I know that you've been a bit of, uh, not a bit of a homebody. You're locked in your house because of COVID and that's the smart thing to do. I guess the question is, were you able to get more work done in an office as opposed to home? And if you could be working out of an office, would you be getting uh, the job done quicker by not being at home? You know what? It's kind of this, the same answer. You just have to do it. And the excuses just don't amount to shit and nobody mm-hmm. cares. And as I'm getting older, like I, I wasted the whole weekend. And again, if I walked out, played pickleball or basketball, I'd feel better about myself. But I stayed in that room because I really wanted to do something, and I just never sat in the chair. Were you alone? Uh, I mean, Sarah was in the house, but she knows, like... I think sometimes you need another writer to bounce off, don't you? Kind of, like, bounce some ideas around with... You know what? Again, it's all the same. It goes into the same thing of excuses. I could have done it, and I didn't, because a lot of times, you know, what happens is, me, I write a lot of shit legitimately in the shower. I write a scene. And then, so it's really kind of done. And then I sit down and typing it. And when you are, which I am, I'm a neurotic, self-critical Jew. Harry. Yeah, Harry now. Gorilla. When you sit down, though, and you heard it all in your head and you start typing, I get mad when I don't think it's coming out as good as I remembered thinking it before. So it's a very kind of, um, it's a neurotic process. And it's why a lot of writers do therapy or or read books. And, and the worst thing, I've, I've talked about this before, but a lot of times when I'm writing a pilot, which I did finish the pilot, it's going, everybody's happy with the pilot, but now I got to come up with nine more of these things. So when you start a new script, for me, I'm not saying for, you know, the geniuses. I know Connolly always likes to talk about David Chase. I'm not, I get it. You are not, not David Chase. I understand. You will never be David Chase. <laughs> but every script I write, it always feels like, I have no idea what I'm doing. It feels like nothing that I've worked on before has actually gotten me to a better place, even though that's complete bullshit because it is a skill like anything else, taking foul shots, 
doing your push-ups, you do get better. And the thoughts that doing your push-ups, I've been doing push-ups for three weeks. Now he's fucking everything's a fucking push-up analogy. Well, I fucking did fifty push-ups, bro. I I gotta say, I also got you know, I got my boy uh, who's gonna do his podcast at Action Park Media, but but Jake Steinfeld, body by Jake. Remember, he can do as many push-ups as he damn well pleases. You on the other, Jake (laughs) is monitoring my push-ups. He's got me drinking his don't quit protein shake. So anyway, I'm taking it very seriously, but. The right- clearly getting into your adrenaline and causing you to be hairy and angry. And you can't write anymore since you've been doing those <laughs> and push-ups. And he's got writer's block, too. Uh, I, uh, Maybe but, lay off the push-ups. Again, I will say this over and over. There is there is no writer's block. This all takes me back to Maddie Stew. There is there no is. writer's block. Sit your ass down in the chair and start typing, and things come out. And really, a first draft, except for, for fucking John Hughes, who wrote Ferris Bueller in seven days legitimately and told everybody I don't take any notes. There's one in a million people on the planet who can do that. Most of us, rewriting is the process. You get a first draft out. It's not going to be great. And then you start using your skills to figure out how you're going to make it work. So anyway, we got some great questions. We asked people on Instagram just to ask us anything. We'll get to that in a second. But we got to get to the bookie who we talked about last week that Dylan was very concerned that Kevin Connolly <laughs> was going to bring a mobster to come work at Action Park I don't want Media. the bookie to get mad at me or anything. The so. bookie showed up again. He's, he's looking a for very, me now, right? Very, very, very sweet bookie. Yes, <laughs> but I gotta tell you, he's also, and I'm not ashamed to say it, he's, he's a handsome, handsome motherfucker. This bookie, you. he's a handsome. Do you bookie. think he's not gonna be uh, playing the numbers over there, at goal at your? At well, your that 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 bar? that's that's the problem. He's better off at Action Park, probably. What did he Running say? Numbers you? in Action Park as so, opposed to so gold. Let's just really show here one day. Down. I'm going to be missing a pinky because I didn't pay my bets. <laughs> so let's just recap so everybody understands what's happening. Goal is the bar that Kevin Connolly owns. We used to shoot there. I used to have a dessert yeah, named after me that's gone. <laughs> and now. Jay, the kids are upset. The bar's gone bananas. One guy stormed the Capitol, one guy became a bookie. Um, <laughs> so this bookie apparently. One, another gold bartender <laughs> lost all this cash to him and then skipped town. So the guy showed up at Action Park Media to collect from Connolly. And we talked about it last week. Dylan didn't like the whole thing. It made him uncomfortable. But what happened this week? Well, there's, well, there's, a, there's an update. On, okay, so the guy that stormed the Capitol. I, <laughs> I, I, if, you would, if I were betting with the bookie. I with bet the nice you bookie, do bet with that bookie. <laughs> if I were betting with the friendly bookie, I would have said that they were like, Close to the door, but didn't go in. But apparently these guys went inside All the right. fucking Capitol. So the feds are looking for them. All right, not the, the FBI bookie, is though. looking for them. No, no, no. The bookie's great. So I'd be more worried about that guy than the bookie. Though. I'm not yeah, worried I about mean, anybody. You don't the go bookie. all the way to the Capitol and then not step into the door when it's well, there wide were like, open. There were like 100,000 people outside the Capitol. How many went in? Like. Well, and listen, the, 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 people that, well, the people that went in are in big fucking trouble, yeah. Oh, yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So they're going they're, after all of them. They're regretting it. They said it's the biggest FBI investigation since 9-11. They're trying to round up every last motherfucker that was in there. Wow. Um, but, yeah, he's got his own problems. You, you'll never see him again. I'm sure he's in hiding. Or the feds got him. I don't really care. But I do. <laughs> yeah, you don't care until he shows up at your dual-mirrored fucking storefront. I'm ready to for... work again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, Dylan, you know, I hadn't really thought about that. I guess you can't have the bookie working at a sports bar because he'd be taking yeah. bets inevitably. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened? The bookie heard the podcast last week. We talked about him. Did he threaten you after that or not? No, no, no. He's nice. I told you. He's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart. Great bookie. head of hair, he's too. He's great. He's good looking. He, you know, he wants to uh, come work here. So he may do a podcast. 
There's a Super Bowl coming up. Yeah, baby. Bandwagon jumper. I love it. I love it. I just realized that was Tom's face. I knew it was a Buccaneer shirt. Notice he's wearing a hat to cover up those plugs. (laughs) I don't have any plugs. (laughs) I didn't say you did. Tom Brady's wearing a Buccaneer hat. I may need one. If If Brady, which a lot of people DM me about Tom Brady, if Tom Brady did a hair procedure, it's the best thing I've ever seen, and I'm going to do whatever procedure. he did. Hey, get off Tom. He's the best. <laughs> Ew. Only the Dylan's goat. allowed on Tom. Uh, <laughs> All right, good. so let's just, before we get into the questions, who's winning the Super Bowl? Who are you betting? I, I would stay away from that because my heart wants to see the Bucs and Tom do it again. And but, Gronk. But I don't think he's going to. And Gronk. I, I don't th- yeah, and Gronk. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just feel like the Chiefs are too good. Look, here's the thing. The, too chi- good. the Chiefs are unbeatable. But. The Buccaneers have Tom Brady. Yes, they do. So there's always that. Listen, I think Kansas City is so good. But, yeah, it would be great to see Brady and Gronk. be great to see Brady and Gronk win a Super Bowl. Again, it would be. be I just awesome. love to see greatness. He's achieved such greatness. To see him take that one step further would be amazing. It's like being around Babe Ruth back in the it's 20s. It's just like kind of hanging with me. I'm betting big on the Bucks either way, so I would like your bookie to take my bet. What is the spread? We should ask three and the a bookie. Half. Three, three and a half. half. Yeah. So we got all of these questions from uh, the at Victory the Podcast page on Instagram and TikTok, and Victory the Pod on Twitter. Uh, please make sure you're following those because we do weekly questions, giveaways, and tons of other stuff on there. Good follow and and helps us. Again, we're trying to grow this thing so we can you know try to make this reboot happen, even if uh, even if we got to replace Vincent. All right, who we got? Hey, this is Sergio from Chino, California. And my question is, how come there's no holiday episodes? I know there's one Yom Kippur, but I mean, no Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Was there no holidays in Entourage Land? I actually (laughs) said that, too. I remember, (laughs) Doug, why don't you do a holiday episode? By the way, I am fucking dying that... He <laughs> says there's no holiday episode, but there's Yom Kippur as if that's not <laughs> the a holy holiday. I mean, right? it's, the not, holiest. it's not like a celebratory holiday. So the highest of high holidays. Listen, not Sergio. Good question. Definitely not as bad as Congressman Marjorie Green saying Jewish lasers are starting fires in California. But it's a good question. Kevin, what were you saying, Dylan? No, I do remember asking you uh, back in the day. I said you should do a Christmas, uh, do a Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. I have a thought on that, right, Doug? I mean, we were a summer show. That was the problem. Right there. Oh, yeah. It was always going to air in the summer. What I really wanted to do, and it was based on a story that Kevin Connolly told me, which I don't know if he's going to be comfortable with at all. Maybe we cut it. We'll see. I wanted to do a Halloween episode. And Kevin had told me about one of his very famous friends who would go to Halloween and loved it because he was in disguise and nobody knew who he was. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, at the mansion. I don't want to say who it was. I think it's but, common sense, right? Like you're yeah. somebody doesn't is constantly recognized. Halloween's a good day for people that don't. You can run around and act like an ass. <laughs> but I, I love that Connolly thinks it, it's common sense that like giant movie stars want to be anonymous at Halloween. But anyway, I wanted Vince to be anonymous at Halloween. And I wanted, I don't remember exactly what the story was going to be. I wanted either E or drama and Vince. I think it was drama. I wanted drama to go. Baby bro, I could get a girl over you if you if they don't know who you are. If, if we just go personality. <laughs> if we just go based on personality, I will win this battle. That was what it was. And uh That's a great that would have been a that's great, great idea for Reboot. Episode. That's gonna be great in the reboot. <laughs> Call HBO Max. In the re- in the reboot, we're all four seasons. We're summer, spring, winter, fall. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think it would have been a really funny episode because it was it was Johnny Drama going, bro, I'm the one with the personality. You've got the face. If you take away the face, like, I'm going to win, you know? And then you t- more to the point, and I actually remember this. I think we started getting everyone involved in their perspectives. Like, E thought he could win. Turtle thought he could win. Because they kind of were saying, Vince, you're kind of, I mean, you're, you're the star, but your personality is almost the lesser of the group. You know what I mean? So, well, here's the question for you guys. <laughs> what do you think? Not Kevin Dillon, Kevin Connolly. Do you think Johnny drama E turtle all in disguise? Who's got the mouth that would win a girl's, you know, over. I, first of all, I don't think any girl would go with any guy wearing a mask until they see what that guy looks like. All right. Well, you well no, but it's more like flirtation and getting, you know, getting something going with a girl out of the guys. Uh, I'm gonna go with drama. <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I don't. He just I don't, got the. Uh, yeah, I uh, agree. I don't see E's personality bowling people over exactly. Uh, turtle, maybe too though. Turtle. Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey host this show. Love is blind. Uh, you guys have to watch this. These people they heard about it. They right? meet without seeing each other, and they fall in love like instantly. But it's actually really believable and crazy. Well, they're doing that for the camera. You know. <laughs> no, no, but they, I, I can't sell it. I'm not a big reality guy, even though I'm. Uh, what are you I talking the about? Bachelor a little bit now in you Love watch, Island. You're obsessed and, with and, the Bachelor and, and marrying the bachelor. millions, <laughs> which is marrying millions is the best fucking show I've ever seen. By the way, you got to watch that. But anyway, Love Is Blind. You really, I'm telling you, you get emotional and you believe that these people really like are into this and they haven't seen each other. So we know that blind people can fall in love. So I, I don't know. I just think personality wise, Dylan, I would have to go with. I'm going to go off the board. I'm going turtle. <laughs> I'm going turtle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think turtle's got the best mouth. I think, yeah, um, yeah. you know. I, uh, I drama's got a good line of bullshit. They all do. I mean, I'm, I can say it. Eve finishes dead last in that race. They need to see my beautiful blue eyes and face to really get an idea of what's coming at them. <laughs> Your boyish good looks. My boyish good looks. <laughs> but, I, you know, listen, I, I think Vince probably still does pretty well because he's a smooth talker. I wonder if drama calls a girl bro in the mess. <laughs> but that's well, a good, that's a good so question. Career oriented. He doesn't really care as much right. unless they can help him with his career. Yeah, right. He might be going, uh, like, what do you do for a living rather yeah. than trying to take him home? <laughs> I guess if we could have done any, a Christmas episode would have been weird. But yeah, I guess if there was ever anything, it would have been Halloween. And Halloween in LA is fun. I actually would have loved a Christmas episode because it's always like, not always, but it's sometimes like 80 degrees. Right. There's no snow anywhere. So I, I think it would have been very funny, a, a Christmas episode. Hey, guys. My name is Seth Bick from Detroit, Michigan. I'm a huge super fan of the show. So thank you guys so much for picking my question. Super fan. My question is, who was Arnold's real owner and was the same dog used from seasons one through eight? Great question. So thank you guys so much again for picking my question. Peace and love. Take care. Yeah, it's just a, it's a movie dog. The they first thing it. he said in real life, which I really liked, is he described himself as a super fan. A super fan. So yes, if Matty Stew is not willing to fucking put on a shirt that says super fan, he's not welcome here. Even I want a birthday. tattoo. You get a tattoo entourage on your the arm. The point then is, we'll if know. he wants to call himself a super fan, that's his business. So there's actual services that provide dogs. Yeah, so movie dog. There was a couple of dogs. Um and some of them do different things. When there was a dog that was kind of laying around, that would be one dog and they have different personalities. But I remember the main dog that was at least from the pilot till probably Three at least the mushroom maybe. episode. 
till season five was named Rocky. Yeah, Rocky. Great. Yeah. Rocky, awesome. a.k.a. Arnold. But Rocky was the go-to guy. And the my favorite thing I remember about Rocky, Dylan, I don't know if you remember this. We were doing the mushroom episode, and it was like 105 degrees, and we were all sitting there, and he was on his mark, and he wrapped himself. He stood up, oh, and yeah. he walked <laughs> off set. And he said, I'll see you later. I'm not working. Bring my stand The black dog in the sun, just baking in the sun, that poor dog. Take take my take my stand-in because yeah. I'm done for the day. And he walked off and then they brought in uh, they brought in his stand-in. But Rocky was the main dog. Good question. Good question. Because what I was worried his question was going to be, which I get all the time on Instagram, is is how is Arnold doing? Okay. Is he doing? So now he's 74 years old <laughs> since and he's a thousand in, in dog, dog years. years he's about so sadly, for everyone on Instagram that asked me how Arnold is doing. He's not doing well. Okay. Right. He's been <laughs> better. He was a puppy when we started and he was still there in season six. But the oldest Rottweiler on earth is not going to live to no, 30. I, I know that. I know that. And but he had a good long life and he was one of the family. What's up, guys? My name's Grant Silver from Chicago. Huge Entourage fan. Seen it seven times through. My question for you guys is, were there any big storylines that you guys wanted to explore that didn't pan out? Well, seven times, I don't know if that makes you a super fan, buddy. I mean, Matty Stu's watched at least Maddie 20. Matty Stu's like, seven. I mean, seven. Rookie numbers. Yeah, rookie numbers. Seven's I, not bad. I, I, I hope you, I want you to go seven times through the podcast, though, now, sir. <laughs> that, you, you can do that for us. And and do it on Spotify and Apple so we get double downloads. That's a good question, though, Doug. Was there, like, a storyline that jumps out of you where you just at so, certain point said, fuck it, man, we, we can't do it. We, well, you I had didn't to pull say plug. fuck it. I mean, I'm uh, sure you missed out on a couple drama stories. Storylines. I mean, the story that comes to mind, which I've talked about before, but I, I wanted to kill Vince. I wanted to kill Vince. I mean, Wahlberg talked. That's me not helping it. right now. That's <laughs> not helping her situation. I didn't want to kill Adrian. No, we wouldn't have been able to do the movie. So I'm glad we didn't yeah, do it. I but I'm have not been criticized lie. for four fucking years that I made a terrible movie. Doug, if I didn't pi- do Doug it. pitched me. Doug pitched it to me. And I was like, wow. And, and Doug, stop me if I'm wrong. But so remember, Vince has the drug problem. So Vince dies. And then it almost like the movie Big Fish where everybody from the history of the show shows up at the funeral. I mean, what I really happened. You see. Well, maybe we could start the reboot. (laughs) If Adrian won't do the reboot, we're going to start it all looking down at his grave like he was great. man. What I love so much. But we can still stay in this business. Wait, Connolly, a second ago, Dylan was like, it's my Golden Globe. I got you guys. Yo, Dylan, you'll be my new go to client. (laughs) Yes. A half a second ago, Dylan was like, I can't. Can't believe you're gonna kill Vince. Now he's like, let's kill him and make the movie. Let's make a sequel. <laughs> Anything to get that reboot. And here's the other thing too. I, I have to be honest. At, you know, I'm pretty good at reading like bluffs. Or I, I, I think that Adrian's done with Entourage. Well, you didn't talk to him. Maybe. But we, but we, te- we had a, we had a nice, very nice text exchange. Tell us what went down. I want to hear more. No, details. He just, I just think he just is moving on in his life, and he's entitled to do that. You know, stop rock saying climbing that. In stop Australia. saying that. It's not like we were uh, like child soldiers. I mean, we like we made a great show. We all got pretty successful. Me, I love it. No, I, I, I like turned around him, and spun it into a podcast. But bro. you're like giving him this like, oh, you can just walk. No, you can't walk. You can't away walk away once you're in. Once you're <laughs> exactly. in, you're in, get out. out. Yes. Could you imagine if Vince died at the end of season eight? And then there was like a big and Johnny drama gives a eulogy. I mean, well, let me tell you how fucking I, dry eye in the house. Let me tell you how well, I am ima- for that. Let me tell you how I imagined it. And and first thing I think, I think we send that bookie after Grenier in fucking Australia or wherever he is. And bookie can't get people here. Well, people here. He's going to go to never, fucking Australia. He never even watched the sport. So I'm sure he didn't bet on any sports. <laughs> 
So anyway, here's what happened. I was getting a lot of shit that the show was repetitive. Everything always works out, et cetera, et cetera. I took it to heart and I sat hey, down. Don't, bit- ever, don't ever take that stuff. Well, he's very sensitive, as you see. Connolly, I really thought you were going to hit the fucking line out of the park uh, from Goodfellas. I really thought you were going to say Which it. When one? you said he's gone, I thought you were going to say, he's gone. There's nothing we could do about he's it. He's gone, and there's nothing we <laughs> can gone. do about it. He's it's, gone, and there was nothing we could do about it. I mean, if you remember, <laughs> uh, it's De Niro. Oh, no, it's when De Niro gets the call that Pesci got whacked. You don't see the guy. It's over the payphone. Right. He's gone. He's gone. And he's he's gone. And there's nothing we could do about it. And just, yeah, just like a quick aside, I know we throw everything out there. I mean, I can watch Goodfellas every single time know, it comes so on. Good. So It's anyway. good. All right, next All right, question. Yeah. Here we go. My name is Connor Walsh. I am from New Jersey. And my question for the podcast is, did any like well-known or established actors previous to Entourage, did any of them audition for any roles for the cast, such as Vinny or Turtle? So I'll say it. Peter Facinelli read for Vince. And didn't get it and went on to make $800 billion on Twilight. So, and, and by the way, I'm sure he would take that. And by the know? way, Peter was, it was awesome. I mean, it, it just, there was something that just. It, it worked out for him because he and I have talked about it. And, and it he wor- said the same thing. He's like, it, look, man, I'm happy for all of us. It shook out the way it was yeah, supposed to be. Yeah. And everybody won that one. I mean, it worked out for January Jones. Yeah, uh, it did. Mad Men, Emmys, and a great career. Olivia Wilde. I mean, those yeah. Are, like, I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, it's, uh, by the way, the the greatest of all, which we've talked about. Kevin Hart. <laughs> you saved his career by <laughs> glossing over his audition tape. And also, I saved Anthony Anderson's career, too, because I did not cast Anthony in Fat Beach. And he, he still oh, holds God. it against me. But wow. he, we were lucky enough to get him to do Entourage. But he still brings it up. And uh, that might have killed him. That, that might have killed him. Killed pro- it probably would have. Killed me for a decade. So. All right. Next question. Next question. Hi, it's Sonny from Melbourne, Australia. My question is for Kevin Dillon. Uh, Given that drama was the resident cook on the show, is Kevin a good cook in real life? And if he is, could he possibly share us one of his favorite recipes? I'm big time into cooking right now, especially during this pandemic. Dylan, you made made me a phenomenal steak over at the house. I mean, it was Yeah, Yeah, that was a little tricky, though. It was a little undercooked. We had to do it at a certain time. You, know, <laughs> you I, see how serious he gets, though. I He's made already... beautiful mashed potatoes, some cream spinach the other day, and a great steak. I love this Snake River steak, all this uh, Wagyu. It's well, so amazing. Dylan, we know you're super handy uh, in the yard. You do everything at your house, which is amazing. I'm trying to follow your footsteps, following your footsteps yeah. a little bit. But if you were gonna, if you were gonna impress somebody, do you go to the grill? Like well, I'll tell you what. In the morning, I'll throw some uh, some crepes on. You know, I love what? making crepes. Crepes, uh, yeah. Now, crepes. are these Savory pre-made crepes. crepes, or you, or you actually make the? Crepes? Yeah, I'll make the crepe. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got a crepe pan, a special crepe pan. A La Crusette? And then, <laughs> no, I don't have La Crusettes. I got to get some. If you They're do some 50 push ups, you do 50 push ups, I'll get you a whole set of La Crusette. That's right, expensive. That's Can I do it next money. week, though? No, you can't My train elbow, for a week. You got the tennis elbow. Not, I won't enough. even train. I it's promise. Not, it's not like I don't think you're capable if you work out for a few weeks. I just uh, think post COVID, it's going to be tricky. If you had somebody that you wanted to, that the president of the United States is eating at your house, do you cook them crepes? No, no, I, I would actually go with a nice steak you go to the grill i'd go nice new york strip and i'd go with that snake river wagyu garlic and butter in a some pan mashed potatoes definitely some mashed potatoes and cream spinach cream garlic spinach. cream spinach and do you a little parmesan cheese and do you are you what how do you and, like uh, your how do you like your meat medium rare but i, I go medium 
for right. a- true medium. I'm a true medium guy. How about you, Doug? I, I mean, I'm a, Doug's like, I'll eat anything. I'll, t- I'll take no, no, it no. either way. Is any, it? any real meat connoisseur likes medium rare. That's not true. I mean, yeah. That is true. Cause I I'm mean, a meat if, connoisseur and I don't like it. So I just, you're not a meat connoisseur. If, Jack if you Arnold, go filet mignon, you got to go medium because medium is medium rare for a filet. Mignon. What about Jack Arnold? Jack Arnold will tell you medium rare is how well, you cook. Who is steak. he? What is he? Yeah, he I mean, cook steaks. Okay. He's going to tell me how I like my steak. I like my medium. You can like it. I'm just saying a true connoisseur. It's like yeah, saying, I like France. They'll throw that steak in your face. In Brooklyn at Peter Luger's, they'll throw it in his fucking face and, and <laughs> they love me at peter luger's bro i have a card i have an account i have That's a house only, account by the house way Kai, this is a perfect <laughs> you really i do he's got a house account okay. at peter luger's okay but your money's you know no good here here's the beauty of his house account like we talked about earlier let him go into peter luger's with a fucking mask on where they don't know he's kevin Connolly from entourage and have him order a well-done steak and see what happens watch them beat the shit out of you in the back do you like it well done not well done, but I don't want like I don't, don't want to see blood. S- I don't want to see blood in the plate. So you don't want to see a red. You want to see pink in the middle of the steak. Uh, lightly pink. Yeah, lightly pink. I know okay. Doug, so you he, and Jack Arnold, but you and Jack Arnold, medium well. You're steak. a medium well guy. By the way, I'm a true medium. Look, it's the same thing we're talking about, like a fine bottle of wine. Yes, you could go. You know what I like to do? I like to pour it in my bathtub and leave it there for three weeks, no, and then I like it, to drink it out of the tub like with that. a straw. <laughs> like yeah, that. you could like whatever you want, but it's stupid. And, well, well, and by the way, to finish this off now, uh, yeah, so I like to f- do a nice souffle, too. A chocolate souffle. You finish it off with a souffle. Oh, All right. yeah. That's I tricky, mean, man. Fancy do you know how hard it is to make a souffle? Yeah. I mean, I, I love can't it. do it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very impressed with it. No, I'm into it. And being Johnny Drama and Entourage got me into it a lot. Uh, you know, I, I would ask my buddy Billy Marty, who's a friend hey, of Marty, all of ours. Billy Marty. He's a great chef. That's why I look like I know what I'm doing on the show. I wow. learned how to chop. I learned how to do all that stuff. So you went real I had so much to it. do in the kitchen. I could crack the one arm. I don't know if you remember me cracking yeah, yeah. eggs. Hey, one hand, cracking hey. them really fast. Dylan, you remember when you were cooked? It was early on when you were doing some kind of a breakfast scene and you were like hell bent on steam coming out of the eggs. Yes. And you said somewhere. Someone, someone will appreciate someone this. across this nation is going to appreciate that there's yes. steam coming off these I eggs. Yes, they, they could see that I'm really cooking. That's real. These are and eggs. I was. I was cooking. Yeah. I and like then it. I served it with real steam coming off. Well, I got a question for Connolly. A, a date. You ever cooked a full meal for a date? Yeah. You know, I'm actually a really good cook. Burnt meat. It's pretty easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, you know, I, uh, uh, as an American and as a free citizen, <laughs> I like to eat my meat however the fuck I want without feeling pressure from you or, or Jack Arnold for that matter. Jack, I just want to say, Jack, I love you. Jack, I love you too. Just don't tell me I'd eat my steak. <laughs> Next question. What's going on? This is Jackson Long from Atlanta, Georgia. And I've been wondering, uh, what's the favorite house that the guys filmed in? Slash lived in. Victory! Jesus. Wow. That was a crazy victory. Wow. That guy was pretty good. That guy could play Vince. Thought that was Doug when he walked in. (laughs) I feel like he was auditioning for drama there, though. (laughs) Um, <laughs> my favorite house is the the first house, Kenny Griswold's house, the uh, the original where we did the pilot in the first couple seasons. The yeah. first, everything right. about that house, I mean, just well, the house. season one, and then we came back in season three. Right, everything about that house location, it was easy to get to. The yeah. ability if you to didn't just, live in Malibu. The, <laughs> you didn't live in Malibu yet. Yeah, by season three, I think. By uh, that next time yeah. back, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why you were always late for that, too? (laughs) (laughs) That was and will forever be the entourage house. But for me personally, there was that one house, I believe, season six, which was, remember, Sam Nazarian's house? Oh, that was amazing. And it was literally 100 yards from my front door. (laughs) 
Well, I also have to say uh, Jessica Alba's house in Malibu. That was a sick house. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. That was a sweet house. The Victor, Unbelievable. The Victor view, Maitland, looking at dolphins the, all day long. The Victor Maitland house from Beverly Hills Cop 2 was amazing, too. No, that was the wait, worst house. We hated the kitchen, remember? Wait, uh, which yeah. which one was the Brando house? That was That's the, the that Victor was Maitland house that was Beverly Hills Cop. That was a great house, though, as far as the exterior yeah. and the pool. It needed some updating and stuff, but... Uh, they were all Spanish. Yeah. I love this Spanish look and, about and, these. And that was... That was was my thing because I always wanted I've never lived in one all I wanted when I moved out here was a Spanish house that's all I wanted and they were always hard to they was always hard to find the right ones and stuff because they are like kitchens aren't done closets are small in those but they're beautiful I love yeah. the style of it all three of my houses are Spanish that sounded bad yeah you pretentious <laughs> bastard I just think what the question was asking what was our favorite house both in style and shooting and the first house no question the indoor pool was no just, question it was amazing which yeah, the was indoor in the movie, pool cocoon they, um, they had the uh, screening room screening house it was actually a separate cinema uh, paradiso yeah, i remember cinema that paradiso. i totally yeah. forgot about they that. actually turned that into a screening room our, our production designers chase probably did that and then i mean the front lawn where everybody could just hang out it was just, it, was it was the best it was a great yeah. spot now i'm getting all depressed good question saying. next question just before we go off of that i have really a lot of good memories uh with adrian at that house and i mean oh, that's boy. i knew i shouldn't have said that <laughs> bring him a hanky he needs a hanky oh, i mean it's i feel like i lost He's a brother today. adrian's Still, our boy Colin said he's Kevin. That's BS. I Come said, on, I he's said one of us. I said we're family, and we're always. He said we're family. We're always going to be family. He's just moving on. That's totally. We're it's family. Legit. We're always going to be family. I've just found new brothers that I like better. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chris. I'm from the Bronx, New York, and my question oh, is: Bronx. What is your least favorite episode or the worst episode of the entire Entourage series? I'll give you mine. It's season four, episode <laughs> 10, when E is managing Anna Ferris and her boyfriend is a lot to handle. All right. Keep up the good work. I love the podcast. I have to refresh my memory with that episode. What I do remember is AJ Buckley was one of the funniest guests that ever came on the show. Ironically for me, I, I think we are all in agreement that probably the worst episode we did was the last one that we covered, which was season two, episode 11, where a bunch of things didn't make sense. That's probably my least favorite. Now, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but I thought AJ Buckley and Anna Faris and all that stuff was fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the second AJ Buckley opened his mouth, I thought this guy's a fucking stud. He, I knew he was going to kill it. I laughed the entire time. I'm really surprised that uh, Homeboy yeah. from the Bronx. I would have liked to get some more more insight from him. Miley's favorite was probably the pilot because not not the episode watching it back, just the amount of effort that went into it and the amount of stress while doing it. Um, but I don't know. But it came out pretty good. I mean, listen, I love it now. Right. Do you agree that the last episode we covered, uh, Blue Balls Lagoon, uh, was it was my least favorite of what we've covered so, so far. far. I'd have to remember. I mean, all of them. But do you have a favorite episode, Kevin? To me, um, Welcome to the Jungle is my favorite. And that was in season four. I loved Welcome to the Jungle because it was so different, but still on brand with the characters and story. And it was just it was just different. I thought and, it, I thought it was great. And we'll um, get into that episode when we get there. But that was I, I wanted to do something different. That was documentary style. I had I had you uh, totally pulled it off. Dude. What's what's the oh, Jesus hearts? Uh, hearts hearts of darkness, darkness. Right. Which is like the making of Apocalypse Now, mm. which everybody should watch that doc. It's incredible. But that's what inspired me to do that. And uh, I, I loved it. Do you, Kev, you got a, a least favorite or favorite episode that you remember? Uh, no, I'd have to probably watch seasons seven and eight again but those i felt uh i felt like the 
the cast got too big in right. both of those seasons. Right. And it was less about the four guys. Do you have a favorite just that stands out to you off the top of your head? You know, where I ended up at the Grand Canyon on my knees screaming victory. And I, you know, went to Variety to kill that guy, Variety. <laughs> Paul Schneider. And I think it started out in a rub and tug where I could have <laughs> concentrated a rub and tug. And she's like, what's the problem, Johnny? And I was like, oh, I got the reviews are out. And she happened to have a Variety right there in the, <laughs> the rub and tug. And on my way out, I see, you know, guys are walking in. I'm like, hey, Bob. On the way <laughs> I just love that episode. Episode. Everything about that episode was hilarious. That's and that funny. was, I mean, that was your episode, right? I mean, that really, yeah. I mean, you had lots of episodes, but that was, yeah. I mean, come on. The Comic-Con is another one that's right up there, though. Comic-Con, but I mean, that one, that that episode single-handedly got you nominated for multiple Emmys. I, yeah, well, at least one. I got nominated <laughs> for at least one. I, uh, the next year, you got to have another Emmy, uh, right? Each year, it's a yeah, different episode he, that gets you. He thinks there was carryover effect. I, well, I, yeah, probably was. Yeah. Vegas Vegas is one of my favorites for sure. Um, I can't wait till we yeah, get to talk about that. Oh, and, yeah. My poor daughter was in high school at that time. She's like, oh, dad, it was everyone busted my chops at school. <laughs> about Ken? Yeah. You know Ken. what's awesome now? Uh, what the fuck are you doing, Ken? You know what's really awesome now? <laughs> Everyone out there, you, you, you know, when you have kids, you learn this, like the most important thing in life becomes that you want your kids to feel like good about what you do and feel successful. And my kids were really young when the show was going on. My daughter, I wouldn't let her watch it. And uh, thankfully, she, she's now 17. She called me up yesterday and said, everybody at school in Connecticut is watching this show. Really? Yeah. Huh? And they love it. And they're laughing. And it's just, you know, yeah, it's good. It's a good thing. Because I, you know, she thought I was a loser for a long time. Hey guys, my name is Cameron LeCate. I am from New York City. And my question is, what were your favorite memories from Sundance Film Festival in 2005? Um, I just got back from Park City, Utah. They had the town all decorated for Sundance and such. I saw the theater and, um, you know, just made me a little curious about, you know, your memories out there. It was fun. That was a good time. Aside from shooting, which we did some great stuff. One of our best episodes, I think. But it was, it was, going, it was fun going to all those little swag parties and uh you know i came back with so many suitcases full of great stuff you know that was back when swag was the thing me swag is where they give you you know all kinds of free clothes and right we were there we were there working but without a movie so it was a unique experience because most people are going there to watch movies that they did the year before whatever it was we were there currently shooting yeah so it was. It was a different. It was. They don't just, do swag anymore, do they? they don't, all those giveaways. They do. It's watered down just, a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. to me, it has to be that big walk and talk. I mean, it's a three page well, uh, start yeah, at the top of the hill go. across the street, and and uh, yeah, that was, was that was fun. It was our first one, right? Wasn't that the original just walk and live talk? where the show was still kind of new? People didn't really know us necessarily, and we were just kind of four dudes. The, the people thought we were there with some indie. Well, I think we did it like three times, and then we, were, we got we were so tired from walking back up the hill, they started driving us up the hill. Yep. To me, there was something as someone whose short film was rejected from the Sundance Film Festival, and now mine got uh, it. It did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you had big movie stars in it. <laughs> That's uh, true. But uh, but Rob Weiss, who had amongst friends at the festival in like '90 and became like you know a big international star quickly. It was wild to me to be there. And to be honest with you, it was one of the first times I felt like we were really doing a like a show, almost uh, like we were in control. I felt like very relaxed there, and it felt like we. 
I don't know. It felt very, to be honest, wish fulfillment. Like the whole thing about it just seemed really exciting and cool. Like all these young filmmakers are there with their films, hoping people like them. And we're making this thing there. And then like, I remember the New York Times posted a picture of of Adrian and said he was getting swag, which the New York Times, they should be embarrassed because it was a scene we were shooting. He wasn't getting swag, even though there were may have been other times. But, you know, the paper's supposed to be accurate. It was not accurate, but it was cool because it it just felt like we were in the Sundance Film Festival while shooting this show. And it was also like it was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, you know what? You're right. It's funny. I never really thought about it. There was we were relaxed. Right. Yeah. It, it felt like we had the right amount of time to do what we needed to do. And it wasn't stressful as opposed to can, which was very, very, for me, yes. very stressful. Yes. Well, very you know stressful. what I think the difference with this, not then can, but the difference with the Sundance than normally how we're shooting is we got cover sets. We got this. We got to get here. We got to get there. We had a real plan and it was actually almost like a film because we had enough time to do it right and to enjoy ourselves too. It, it, it was, it was actually a very memorable experience. And obviously I, and uh, it was nice being in a town surrounded by all these people in the business watching us do our thing. Yeah. So, Relaxed. It, is a it good was word. the first time we were actually, we called them uh, bogeys where we were starting to get people going, Hey, uh, tur- <laughs> right. turtle, but then Jay, Jerry, you're yeah. a turtle. Or, yeah. You know, people ruining walk and talk. So it was right. the first time we were really recognized by other people. And there was that, I mean, the long walk and talk that we just talked about with, you know, Julian Farino directed it. And uh, I mean, we probably talked about this already, but Piven having to hit Connolly with a snowball at the end of this. If he misses him, like, we got to do it all over again. And No, uh, but not only that, I told him, I said, Jeremy, don't make the snowball when they say action. You're holding the thing in your hands for four ice. minutes in an ice cube. <laughs> you're fucking going to blind me. I told him, I'm literally, I'm like, yo, you got to have it be slushy. And then just hit me with a slush ball. Because he, we did that yeah. first take and this fucking thing whizzed, but I felt it blow by my face. I was like, if that would hit me in the face, the day would have been over. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that snowball fight, though, we were heaving them. We were throwing some bullets. Right. right, <laughs> right. Really but were. at that point, it was a snowball fight. I'm supposed to be walking and acting like I'm in the middle of a sentence yeah. and get hit with a snowball. Yeah. That would have hurt. But that was uh, I really that was fun. And who would have known that Piven would have been in for the long haul and Adrian left us alone? Yeah. You know what? Maybe Piven could play Vince. Maybe play dual roles. That He's got a- three <laughs> Emmys. I mean, he could probably do both. So that was that was some good questions. Did you guys like that? What do you think? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, great question. Doug, you feel you disappointed in the question? Uh, no, I like the questions. I want to. I, I mean, it's funny. I mean, we do. Ha- we know we have a big New York audience, but I want to like you know we have a huge Australian audience and yeah. UK audience, and I want to like make sure we next time we get out there and I, I just you know. Yeah, we're going to do, by the way, we're talking about doing like, which, you know, we'll see if we can ever get the three of us together. But we're talking about doing like a live podcast in Australia. Oh, um, that would be great. How amazing would that be? That'd be great. You know, and they would we would go around to like different theaters. Well, how about go, Hawaii? Yeah, well, Did Hawaii, we, you know? we got a lock of time. So Four Seasons Maui, we'll do it. Yes. I'm Doug Allen. Follow us at Victory, the podcast on Instagram. Kevin Dillon, Kevin Dillon official. Victory. He's gone. He's gone. And there, there ain't nothing. nothing we can do about it. We're gone.